Hi, I'm Pat Rulo, author, speaker, and radio host of Speak Up Talk Radio. I'm local and vocal when it comes to healthcare safety. If you need a life-changing topic and speaker for your next event, call me, 440-725-5462, or visit speakupandstayalive.com. Patient safety is your right, so don't go wrong. Let me share what I know with your group, 440-725-5462, or visit speakupandstayalive.com. Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo, serving you a generous helping of everything you need to know to help you and your loved ones stay safe during any doctor or hospital visit. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety, where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, today's author speaks about a very serious and a common problem, depression. She is Stephanie K. Bendel. Stephanie is the author of Exit the Labyrinth, a memoir describing the onset and aftermath of her early childhood depression, a phenomenon that until recently was not believed to exist. She has taught writing class for college and adult education students and writing workshops for over 35 years. She lives in Westminster, Colorado with her husband, Bill, and I know her message is an important one, so let's bring her on. Welcome to the network, Stephanie. Well, thank you, Pat. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here as well. When I saw the topic of your book, I just think it's extremely, extremely important because we either all know somebody or have ourselves gone through certain bouts of depression to one extent or another, so I think it's a universal situation that we really do need to talk about. And so I'm pleased to have this opportunity today. But before we begin with your book, Exit the Labyrinth, let's just maybe take a little peek back at your background, which then obviously led you to write the book. When did your depression begin? I found out quite a long time later that my depression actually began between the age of three and five years old. Because it started so early, I didn't realize I was depressed. I just thought life stinks. And part of my depression involved the feeling that I was never good enough. I could never do enough right. Whatever I did wasn't good enough. And so I was trying to be perfect all the time. Naturally, (laughs) this meant that people around me couldn't determine that I was depressed. I was a good kid. I got good grades in school, I obeyed, I did the right things, I didn't cause trouble. So there was no way for them to know I was having problems. And you even had then about a period of time where you had considered suicide. That occurred when I was 26. I had previously had a stillbirth, which I felt I deserved because I wasn't a good enough person. 
And so when our son was born, I had this terrible anxiety that something would go wrong. I started realizing, I was thinking, I, I wish I was dead. I, I would be better off dead. And I was mature enough to know that that would devastate my family. But I knew I was in trouble, and so that's when I began therapy. Um, the therapist quickly re- realized that I was depressed, so he started asking me about what was going on, and said, well, you know, here, you just have a new baby, uh, you quit your job, so you're under financial stress, uh, your husband is a graduate student, he leaves the car in the morning, and you are home alone all day with the baby, and you've got this anxiety about the baby being okay. He says, that's understandable. And it seemed reasonable. And talking with him did help me. Um, but eventually the depression returned. We moved. My husband got a job in another part of the country. And I looked for another therapist. And, you know, they always looked at what was going on in the present. And in life, there are enough things, whether it's financial problems, health problems, somebody that you care about dies or moves away, they could find things that cause the stress. So they assumed that's why I was depressed. If they couldn't find something, they gave me pills. And antidepressants relieved my anxiety somewhat, but they left me numb. It wasn't until I found a psychiatrist who asked me about my childhood, and I told him, you know, I have memories before the age of three, but from the age of three till the age of 15, it's very foggy. I could give you facts. I knew where I lived. I could describe our house. I knew where I went to school. I knew who my teachers were. I could name my my fellow students. But I didn't have memories. And he was the one that said, we have to find out what happened. And the best way to do this is hypnotherapy. And that was really where my improvement began. And so sadly, it took you 20 plus years to discover the root of your depression. Why do you think that is? And do you think that's still a situation today? Yes. I think that if people are, you know, if the source of your depression is in early childhood and you don't remember what happened and the therapist looks at your present day life, um, there are enough stresses, as I said, you can always find something that can explain why you're feeling bad. But if they don't get at the root of the depression, that black cloud is always there. I'm, I would suggest to people, if they, if they feel that life is really awful, and they've felt that way for a long time, that what they really need to do is look at their early childhood. And hypnotherapy is a good way to do it. The thing to remember is that there's a problem with hypnosis. If you don't know how to use it well, they can create memories that are false. If a therapist says, you know, did your parents abuse you when you are in a hypnotic trance, you may very well accept that suggestion and say, yes, that happened. And you think it did. Um, so one of the things I did 
when when I went into hypnotherapy, I researched it and realized that I needed to check. When I recovered a memory, I would call my sister or my mother or whoever else was in that memory and say, do you remember this event? Tell me about it. Tell me what you remember. And I was gratified to to learn that even though some of the details might not match, my basic memories were accurate. And I had a very good therapist. That really is a key to pick the right person and do the research and maybe even bring up what you just said. Because if they frame that question in a certain way while you're under, mm-hmm. um, yes, you may just wake up or come back and think, oh, that really did happen. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a very, very interesting point. And so because of this background, then, you felt it important to write a book. Is this you? Are you the character in this book? I am. Uh, I changed the name to protect the privacy of other people in the book. I did send a copy of the manuscript to my siblings and my parents, you know, to read it ahead of time because I didn't want to dump this on them. But the events in the book really happened. And I wanted the reader to realize what it was like to experience adulthood before remembering your childhood and to understand that if they've got these gaps in their memories, they may be repressing painful experiences that are causing their depression. So the book is not written in chronological order, but written more or less the way I recovered my memories. And what happens is you recover the the safe memories first. Mm -hmm. And then you start getting into things that were troubling. And then, you know, it's the last, (laughs) the last thing that my, my therapist said, you know, doing this is like peeling an onion. At first, the, the safe memories come and then you start with the sort of troubling things and you won't get to the root until the end when you get to the center. And, you know, I said, that sounds like it's going to get harder and harder. And he said, yes, but you will get stronger and stronger. So you'll be able to do this. Well, then I imagine your book gives hope to people who are even considering digging deep. Because as you say, just the thought of that process might frighten people away to say, I don't want to go there. I'll just deal with what I have right now. So I think your book is an extremely important example for others who may be going through this. And you had indicated to me that your aim in writing this book was threefold. Mm-hmm. Share those three reasons, if you would. Yeah. First of all, it has come to my attention in my research that many people are suffering from depression and don't realize it. So they can't get help. There are people who know they're depressed, but they're afraid to get help. They're afraid because of the stigma. They're afraid, you know, go tell somebody your darkest, deepest secrets that's difficult to do. So I want them to know that there is help available. There is a way to get out of the depression. And it. when my psychiatrist first suggested hypnosis and said, we can do this, we can find out what's troubling you, this great weight was lifted from my shoulders. Um, also, I wanted to make people aware that almost no parents know that even infants can be depressed. And the symptoms of that depression 
usually don't show up until maybe the child is five or six years old. And no one realizes that the cause of depression came earlier. This is particularly true with children that have been in foster care or have been adopted. Um, there's a trauma back there that they aren't consciously aware of, but the emotions generated by the trauma are there. So I wanted people to know those things. Very, very interesting. Now, what are your thoughts on medication? Because I think today they're just so quick to give people a pill, take this and go home. And, you know, when you are were so medicated, it clouds your judgment and your thinking. And so how do you work through this if medication is the first route? That, I think, is the problem that the psychiatric community has to deal with. Yes, there are medications that will make you feel better pretty quickly. But if you don't know what the problem is and you don't recognize depressive thinking, and when you're depressed, you think differently. For instance, uh, one of the things is like all or nothing. If I'm not number one, I'm a failure. Uh, the glass is always half empty. You have an unrealistic expectation, so you try something and it doesn't work and you give up. You give up too easily. You are always seeing the world through dark lenses. So you have to learn to change your thinking. The pill may make you feel better, but you're stuck on the pill because when you stop taking it, if you're still thinking like a depressed person, the depression returns. SSRIs uh, came out about the time I, I discovered the source of my depression. They're good in a lot of ways, but I, again, I, I think you need to get to the root of the problem and learn to change your thinking in order to really get out of, you know, not having to take pills for the rest of your life. And how would you say that a person would determine that they would need to seek some kind of um, therapy or some kind of help? Because I would imagine there's varying degrees of depression. Um, some might just occur if you're having a specific traumatic time in your life. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, as you say, as yourself, it was, it was long term. How, how would someone determine, okay, it's time to go see somebody? Yeah. I think that, you know, there are, there are events in our lives. Uh, somebody you're close to dies. Yes, you are going to feel bad, and it's going to take a while to get over it. But what you need to, to realize is that if it's taking an abnormally long while, you need help. You, know, you lose your job. That can be devastating. You have to move to a different part of the country, and you're away from your family and your friends. Yeah, you can feel bad for a while. You have to have some sort of measure of, is this an abnormally long time to feel so bad. Uh, usually what happens uh, when there is a change, when there is some trauma, it's bad at first and then it starts getting better. If it's not getting better, you ought to seek help. All right. And I like the title of your book, Exit the Labyrinth. How did you come up with that title? Well, for a long time while we were digging around in my brain, <laughs> trying to figure, find these memories, it was like being in a labyrinth. You couldn't see very far ahead. You didn't know what was around the corner. It was like being in a very dark place, trying to feel your way out. When I did finally exit that labyrinth, 
uh, it was very freeing. It was also like putting a puzzle together. Every memory was a puzzle piece. And you start, oh yeah, I remember that, and now I understand why I feel this or I think this way. Uh, and you start seeing a picture. And then another piece comes along and the picture changes a little bit. And it isn't until you've got all the pieces that you see the whole picture. <laughs> Once you've exited the labyrinth, do you ever step back in and get back out? There was, at first, there was a great sense of relief. It was like somebody opened the window and the sunshine came <laughs> in. But when you've had so many years mm -hmm. of depressive thinking, yes. you still have to learn, okay, I'm looking at this negatively because it becomes a habit. Neurologists have a saying, neurons that fire together wire together. Mm. So that if you think the same thought, the more times you think the same thought, the harder it is not to think that way. Mm -hmm. And once I realized, okay, I'm looking at this the wrong way, I still had to learn, you know, to think in a non-depressed way. So there were, there were ups and downs afterward, mm -hmm. but the big change came at the time I realized why this all started. Right, right, right. Oh, I am so proud of you and for you that you were able to figure this out and then, most importantly, went on to share this with others through the writing of this book. I just uh, appreciate a person who takes their situation and puts it out there for others in the hopes that they don't have to go through that. So we've talked a bit about your book and, and you personally. Is there anything else then that you wanted to bring up today that we missed? Well, I will mention that um, I have been writing a blog uh, you can get to it either by stephaniekbendel.com or exitthelabyrinth.com. And what I try to do is just talk about various aspects of depression, things that I've learned for recognizing it, handling it, uh, changing the way you think. And I did visit your website and read your blog as well, and I would encourage everyone to head over. It's stephaniekbendel.com. Well, Stephanie, what's next? Any new books coming up? Um, mostly I write short stories these days. and It takes me a long time to write a book, <laughs> uh, but I do enjoy writing short stories. I, I still have writing workshops in which I help other people write, mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a joy. It, it, I have had people come to me and say, you know, I've learned a lot about myself by writing. And that, incidentally, is something I would encourage people who are depressed to do. Because when you put your thoughts down on paper, you keep a journal, you start seeing yourself from the outside. I agree. That's perfect advice. Writing is extremely cathartic. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good place to begin. Wow, I love our conversation today. And I, I'm going to hope folks head over to your website, stephaniekbendel.com. Is that where they can purchase the book? They can purchase it there. They can purchase it on Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. You can order it through bookstores if you give them the title. And it is available as an ebook. And so you say you have another website called Exit the Labyrinth? If you put in ExitTheLabyrinth.com, it'll take you to the same website. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. All righty. Well, before we head out, any final words of advice you want to leave our listeners with today? If you're unhappy, do something about it. It can be done, and you don't have to live this way. 
What a gift you are, my friend, Stephanie K. Bendel, B-E-N-D-E-L, stephaniekbendel.com. The name of the book is Exit the Labyrinth. What a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. It's been a joy. Tired of the same old presentations? Are you looking for a new, out-of-the-box topic for your next event? Want your group to leave inspired, informed, and satisfied? No PowerPoint presentations and dim lights here. No snoring or snoozing goes on during Pat's presentations. To help your entire group, organization, business, or church stay safe during any healthcare or hospital experience, invite Pat to speak. Visit her website, speakupandstayalive.com, or call Pat to discuss how she can make your next event fun, enlightening, and life-saving. Again, it's speakupandstayalive.com or call 440-725-5462. That's 440-725-5462. Are you looking for the perfect gift for that hard-to-please person this holiday season? Someone who has it all? Tired of sending the same boring stuff? Well, you can solve all of your problems right now and become the coolest gift giver ever. I will personally help you out and send your friends or family members a sparkly, purpley, bubbly package from my very own company, Zap and Zen. That's right. With the Zap and Zen Club subscription, I will send your recipient three organic essential oil goodies mailed to their home or office each month. Each month, it features not only fun, but seriously healthy and useful wellness solutions, such as spray bottles of Dirty Talk, Cell Phone Cleaner, or Happy Hands, my Amped Up Hand Sanitizer, or Hospital Helper, or Clear the Air to help fight bacteria and germs. Or how about those convenient roller balls like Snooze to help with sleep, Melt to help with anxiety, Feeling No Pain for headaches and muscle pain, or I have a brand new lip balm, great for this winter, called Chap Zapper. Fun names with important and useful purposes. Now, it's only $23 a month and a small amount for shipping, far and away less expensive than any single bottle you might find somewhere else. My oils are organic and not sourced from the bandwagon multi-level marketing essential oil companies that charge an arm and a leg for oils that are not even organic. And I send three bottles, not just one. So let me help you. You can subscribe monthly or save and purchase a six month or 12 months of monthly gift packages that arrive to surprise and delight your recipients each and every month. Heck, treat yourself too. Sure beats the monthly fruit or candy clubs. Just visit the website zappenzen.com. That's Z-A-P-N-Z-E-N. Z-A-P, the letter N, Z-E-N.com. Zappenzen.com for details and to get started. One click and you're done shopping. Now, who wouldn't want to receive a sparkly, purpley, bubbly package in their mailbox each month? You'll be remembered as the best gift giver ever. Visit zappenzen.com or call me 440-725-5462. That is 440-725-5462. And happy holidays from me to you. Hi there, I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the host of Mrs. Green's World, and I would really love for you to become a part of that world. 
We talk about things like the faceless villain of climate change, our compromised food supply, and about how to become a conscious consumer. But it's not all bad news. We educate, we inspire, we engage. We always leave you with some small steps you can take to make a difference for this great planet of ours and help you live the healthy life you deserve. Please visit MrsGreensWorld.com to learn more and become a part of our world. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about and plenty to share with others. And to do so, simply head over to the website, speakupandstayalive.com, where you can listen to today's show again and hear previous episodes all under the Radio Archives button. And while you're there, visit the shop page to get a copy of the life-saving book, Speak Up and Stay Alive, Your Hospital Survival Guide. And if you just need more of me, invite me to speak to your group, club, church, business, or hospital. My presentations are fun, fast-paced, informative, and life-saving. Visit speakupandstayalive.com for more information. Email me at pat at speakupandstayalive.com or call me and leave a message on the radio studio line 440-725-5462. That is 440-725-5462. Well, that is it for today. Until next time, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo and I am the voice for Informed Choice. Are you looking for a speaker for your next event who's fun, fast-paced, enlightening, and did I mention life-saving? Then you need me, Pat Rulo, healthcare safety expert, patient advocate, and radio host. Visit speakupandstayalive.com or call 440-725-5462. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. Call 440-725-5462 or visit speakupandstayalive.com.